This is Stu Epperson from the Truth Talk Podcast, connecting current events, pop culture, and theology. And we're so grateful for you that you've chosen the Truth Podcast Network. It's about to start in just a few seconds. Enjoy it, and please share it around with all your friends. Thanks for listening, and thanks for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. John, tell us another story. No, don't make me tell any more stories. Please, no. regale us oh, with I another couldn't. story. I don't have any more stories. Oh, okay. In olden times, my father would help me remember the sequence of the color spectrum by telling me the story of a magical elf named Roy G. Biv. He even wrote a song about it. So you got a truck, plus you even got a hitch. You keep it on the black top, thinking that's your hot stuff. Take it off in a ditch, and then you get stuck. You ain't fun no more. You got nowhere to turn, one day you'll learn. That's what the four by four is for. That's what the four by four is for, son. Welcome to the Christian Car Guy Radio Show. I say this calls for action, and now. Everybody, I want to hear it now. Today's Christian Car Guy radio show. So glad to be back with you, by the way. <laughs> we had a little struggle last week. But today's show is what the 4x4 four four is for. And those people are familiar with 4x4s. Four it has to do with traction. And so we're hoping that you get more traction this week as a result of being with us here, hearing the stories that, that people share, that we share on this subject of four by four, right? And you might have heard something in the beginning, that the, in the intro, about Roy G. Biv. And you may know that the color green is the fourth color in the rainbow. And I don't know if you've ever given any thought to this, but just I love to ponder things. And this actually will come in real handy because yeah, where, where I want to get traction, actually, is if we can get a better look at God, we can always get a better look at ourselves. And as we get a better look at ourselves... Uh, we can become more effective at, at sharing the gospel with folks through our stories. And so we want to get traction with our stories. We want to talk about how stories come in four acts. Usually, if you go to some play, you'll, you'll notice they have acts that they have to come in. And so I want to talk about a four-act play, which has to do with your story, my story. But when you think about it, have you ever pondered why God made everything that would eventually turn green on the third day before the sun, right? There was no sun. There was no moon. Of course, there was light because God said, let there be light. But the sun and moon hadn't been, wasn't made yet. And so he made all the plants, all the flowers, all that stuff was sitting on a dark planet until the fourth day. So if you can imagine with me this morning, I did imagine it because I was actually out in a field when the sun came up, that as the sun peered over the horizon, 
the whole world turned green for the first time ever, right? Because all the chlorophyll and all those plants finally knew what it was there for. <laughs> and so Act 4 came about and the letter green, I mean, the color green and all these things, the letter green and the color green. Well, the reason I said letter is because today's show is brought to you by the Hebrew letter Dalit, which is, I know you're going to be shocked, it's the fourth letter in the alphabet, and it has everything to do with this whole idea of four acts, all right? So there are also four streams that come out of Eden. We're going to talk about those a little bit. And there are four cups, if you ever go to a Passover Seder, of redemption, which is talked about in actually in Exodus 6.6, where it says, I am going to essentially take you out of slavery, and then I'm going to take the slavery out of you. <laughs> you know, it took them not much time to get them out of Egypt, but it took them a long time to get Egypt out of them. And then it says, I'm going to redeem you. That's Act 3. And then Act 4 is I'm going to go take you to be my people. You're going to go right off into the sunset, right? We're going to, we're going to, we're going to finish this you know, in a big way. And things are going to be made right in the end. And so... When you think about God's story, it plays out in four acts. In fact, you know, Jesus came in act three to redeem the world, <laughs> okay? And then he's going to come back again, and he's going to make everything right. But it's interesting, if you look at any good movie, like any good Christmas movie, you'll notice that the couple, they begin to fall in love, and that's the springtime of the deal always, right? That that hope is born out of a situation like, oh man, I can finally get free. You know, I'm going to finally get what I'm looking for. And all those uh, things start to flow and the, and the bees come to pollinate. I mean, it's just wonderful. And, and then the summertime comes. And if you ever watch any good Christmas movie, they always, always decorate the Christmas tree together. That's just part of the arrangement. Because what? They're showing how the people begin to work together. And if you've fallen in love with Jesus at some point in time, you begin to read his word and all those things. You begin to fall more and more in love with him. But in any good story, there's always a huge conflict, right? Somebody is living a lie. Somebody thinks that there's something that's not really necessarily what they are, or there's something that you know is an impending disaster. And part of the tension of why you watch it is there's this horrendous bad guy that's trying to kill everybody or whatever it is that is creating this temp, this whole situation because otherwise you can't have a good climax in the story, right? And that is the case with your story and it is the case with God's story. And so as we begin to picture this in our own stories, we begin to tell a more compelling story if we make sure we don't leave out the good stuff. By that I mean... We have a tendency to gloss over how much we need Jesus, right? <laughs> In other words, like, oh my gosh, what, you know, the story of me getting out of the car business is one of these stories, right? Like, apparently God knew that my heart was not meant for the car business. So, you know, it didn't take long for God to get, God to get me out of the car business back in 2008, but it took a long time for him to get the car business out of Robbie. As a matter of fact, I had nightmares for years um, because I just, my heart was, was so, every day was about how many cars can we sell? How many cars, you know, I don't have enough cars out. I cannot tell you the nightmares that I had in my heart of, I got to sell one more car. I got to get one more car or I'm going to lose everything. I'm going to lose all my, you know, this is going to be it. And so all these nightmares happen again and again and again. And, and what's it going to take, right, f to get Robbie out of this 
nightmarish situation and into the place where God had me, right? Well, it just so happened that these guys with the Masculine Journey showed up and they started taking me to these Masculine Journey boot camps where I had a chance to really dive into my story and ask Jesus to come in and give me some interpretation of my story because what I really didn't realize is not unlike Jacob was wrestling with his brother, even up to the night that God touched his hip, right, and called him Israel, that he no longer was wrestling with his brother. Who he really needed to wrestle with was God. And that's what the word Israel means, to wrestle with God. Well, that's what I needed to do, was quit wrestling with what my picture of the car business was and all that stuff, and wrestle with God. And, and as a result of them getting in and sharing my story with me and me beginning to see the wounds I took, trying to impress my earthly father and all these things, that I began to get a resolution to that, and that is act three, okay? And just who ended up paying the price for me getting out of the dealership, right? Because we lost millions of dollars. Well, essentially God did, right? God paid the price and God showed me the story. And now I'm in act four, right? I'm, I'm, I'm resolving still, how is all this gonna be, you know, played out with the rest of my life? And so the, the question is, how do we get traction with our story? Because we want to share with people where it is that, that the tension really is, because it's the tension that will make you watch a good movie, right? And so I got my good friend Bill here, and he's been thinking and pondering. I've challenged his mind, but we also want your stories, 866-348-7884 is a number to call in and share. But Bill, what are you thinking? Well, what I'm thinking is that I used to research what we were going to do on the show, and then you, then I'd come in early, but you toss these hand grenades to me, and I <laughs> like it. And I've tried to think of the best way to relate it. But, you know, CBMC pops to mind, and I was an uh, elder in my church, and we were going through some rough times with some ministers there, and we had one leave. And my son was uh, wanting to play soccer, so the only way he could play soccer was if I volunteered to coach. And the interim minister calls me up and says, I've got a meeting I need you to go to. Well, I was in charge of the committee that decided or made sure the money went where it was supposed to, the local Christian action. And I'm thinking, you know, I could just write a check. Why do I have to go to this meeting? But, you know, is a new interim minister uh, going to do what he says. So I show up, and it's a Gideon meeting. And at the front door, it says, new members meeting. And I was <laughs> about ready to be, I mean, there was smoke coming out of my ears could not believe he had sucker punched me this way and I sit down and I'm sitting and having a nice meal with this um, gentleman who was a hard sell closer I mean just giving me a fit and I kept saying to him I don't make decisions like this without praying about it and I don't make decisions like All this right, without well, we're going to have to come back with your story Bill's going to finish that one 866-348-7884 we'll be right back you're listening to the Truth Network and TruthNetwork.com. John, tell us another story. No. You keep it on the black top, thinking that's your hot stuff. Take it off in a ditch, and then you get stuck. You ain't fun no more. Yeah. You got nowhere to turn. One day you'll learn. That's what the four by four is for. That's what the four by four is for, son. That's what the four by four is for. 
It's what the 4 by 4 is for today on the Christian Car Guy Show and the idea of traction and specifically the traction that you get in understanding God's story, which really helps us understand our own story. And oh, by the way, you know, you will receive power to be his witness. In other words, it's your story, right, that that, that he's talking about there. And, and the, the whole idea of story has phenomenal power in your life. But understanding God's story is a huge part of how we get story, how we get traction in our life. And so the, the idea of traction as far as four by four in a car, right? If you're like most people, you have a two-wheel drive car. And so if the back tires are not on a, uh, a place that can get traction and you've got a rear-wheel drive car, you're not going anywhere. Or if you've got a front-wheel drive car and they happen to be like my car was this morning on a hill with wet grass, you're not going anywhere. But if I'd had four before, right, then I'd be able to go on all four wheels. In other words, get traction. And the idea, again, that I want to hopefully see is, is that if you think about any good movie or any good story, you, you went to the theater and you could not walk out of the theater because you didn't want to miss what was happening is based on the tension of the story, right? And the way to get tension in your story is, is to, when you're telling it or when you're understanding God's story or our story, is this is life and death. To some extent, it really is. In other words, Jesus represents eternal life. And so by us understanding the, the, what's at stake here, for everybody that's walking around, I, you know, like, like C.S. Lewis said, we, we never met a mere mortal. And so the, the need to get traction is phenomenal. And it is what the four by four is for. But again, people can't relate to somebody who is holy, but they can relate to somebody who is broken. So by sharing those aspects of your story to make sure your story has the tension and it necessary are kind of the point I'm trying to get across to, to, to some extent today. And I would love to hear your story. 866-348-7884, 866-342-34-TRUTH. The other, the, you know, all sorts of people are listening all across the country, actually. And, and you don't know who might hear your story and then all of a sudden, oh my goodness, that's what happened to me. They no longer feel alone. They realize God's been there all along and you give them hope like they've never had hope before and someday you could be in heaven with them because you called in and shared your story because your story has tremendous power. And, and so that's always what I felt like God was having me do with this show was the people's stories are actually how we get traction on the Christian Car Guy show. <laughs> so when we left our hero, Bill, he was right in the middle of his story where he was being a wonderful Gideon meeting. And I feel like he sent me in front of the same person at one point in time that <laughs> is trying to get me to go to Gideon's. All right, so when we left our hero, what is this? And it was a matter of life and death when you think about it, right? Well, it was earth-changing earth as I was walking out of the meeting, grumbling as I went. I remember just as clear as talking to you now, saying, God, you know everything I've got on my plate. I, I've been treasurer of the PTA far longer than you're allowed to. I've been in charge of this Christian Action Committee at the church a lot longer than I, I really need to be. I've got... Um, the soccer and the PTA and the church, I don't have time with that and work 
to be able to take on these Gideons, especially with all the stuff they do. And I said, if you want me to do this, you're going to clean my plate. So uh, we had a, a group of Hispanic kids. I've set up a Cub Scout den in a Hispanic community, and we were bringing the kids to church and Picture all these little faces glued to the windows on this church van. I mean, we just piled them in there. And I had um, one of the, the leaders in the church, the elders said, you know, why are your kids in my kitchen? And I'm going, you know, something's a little bit off here. Then we had the head of the Sunday school class come up and say, uh, Bill, do you, we were talking. Do, do you realize you have more of your kids in Sunday school class than, than the members do? And I was thinking, what a nice thing to say. And about 10 minutes later, I said, maybe it wasn't as nice as I thought it was. And then we had a, another problem. And I'm just sort of wondering what to do, and I get this phone call, and the lady says the um, the apartment complex manager gave me your name and phone number, which is a neat story because I'd walked into this apartment manager's office one day and said, I want to set up a Cub Scout den, and I sure would like to have your recommendation on where to meet and your help trying to meet the kids. And she said, let me understand this correctly. You want to set up a Cub Scout den here? I said, yes, ma'am. She opened her drawer, first time she ever met me, took out the keys to the building, walked over and says, we don't let anybody use this space anymore, so I'm going to give you this closet, handed me the key. So we've got three years of this Cub Scout program going, and the lady says that the manager gave us your name. We're in, located at a church across the street. We've got three churches, and we want to set up a program called Kids Cafe. We're going to spend an hour playing with the kids, an hour doing um, homework with the kids, and an hour playing with the kids three days a week, and we've got seven volunteers. I said, you got seven volunteers? She says, no, 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 no. we got three different churches each night. We've got seven different volunteers. And I'm thinking the whole reason I set this up was to help the kids at the elementary school that my daughter was going to. The only thing I can do, well, why did you call me? She says, well, one of the nights that we're going to be meeting is your Cub Scout night, and the, the manager said, if I didn't introduce you, you didn't introduce us to the parents that never sign up. The next day, I'm out coaching soccer, and I'm the world's worst coaches, worst soccer coach. Why do I believe that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, these two fathers walked up and says, you know, we were talking mixing, and we coached our older kids' soccer teams, and uh, we were considering being coaches under one, one condition. I said, well, what's that condition? Well, we feel like two coaches would be enough. <laughs> I said, well, that's not too subtle, but at least you got to your point quick. And then the third thing happened at the church. And All right, well, we're going to hear about the third thing at the church and the rest of Bill's story, which I'm excited to hear, but we need to hear your story. So God's putting it on your heart to call you know, I'm so glad you call us 866-348-7884. It's what the four by four is for, four acts of your story. So we're here at act three, by the way, of Bill's story. It's getting resolved. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. John, tell us another story. You keep it on the black top thinking that's your hot stuff. Take it off in a ditch and then you get stuck. Four by four is for. That's what the four by four is for. 
I just loved it. It's a, you know, when you think about it, like that, that story in and of itself illustrates the point that I think God is trying to make to me anyway. That, you know, you're on the black tub of top, uh, thinking that your hot stuff, take it off in a ditch, right? It's the ditch where you need the four before, right? That, that, that's where the four before is for when you get in the ditch. But unfortunately for us, you know, we would never end up in half the ditches. <laughs> <laughs> if if we would realize that you know God's with us and we can check in with Him, you know Adam not checking in with God, you know the third of active his story was quite difficult for all of us as it, as it turned out to be. So the the idea of looking at your story, reviewing it in this idea of these four acts, and, and seeing what it was that why you required obviously redeeming. You know, with the idea of being the kinsman redeemer of Boaz, you know, and obviously it, it looked hopeless as it could be for Naomi and Ruth, right? There's, there's not going to be a husband. This looks hopeless. But just picture the scene. You know, Ruth is out there gleaning in the field, and all of a sudden she sees Boaz like ka-ching, right? And springtime, hope is born, right? She comes home to Naomi. Oh, this is going to be great. It's going to be awesome. You know, and Naomi starts, ah, well, then you got the, you know, the whole summertime and the whole deal just looks wonderful. Like, man, this is going to be awesome. She goes down, lays his feet. It looks like it's going to be amazing. And then, right, uh-oh, the other, the other kinsman, this might blow the whole deal. There's all the tension. And so it, it holds your, the book of Ruth is a great four-act story, right? Because what happens, right, is he takes off his shoe, and the next thing you know, she has a real kinsman redeemer in Boaz. She gets married, and then you go to act four. What happens? Right? They have a baby, Obed. Obed is the father of Jesse, and Jesse's the father of David. Like, man, talk about an act four. <laughs> Well, your story is just about like that. And so when we left our hero, Bill, he, he, let's see, you told God that in order for you to be a Gideon, which obviously, you know, has really been a fruitful thing for you in so many ways. I, I, having been your friend for a lot of years, I know how much the Gideons has gotten traction with your life and the opportunities you've had to share Christ as a result. But you had a soccer coaching position that you now lost to the two parents that could actually coach soccer and your Cub Scout deal that God had orchestrated for a season that really helped out a lot of kids, really beautiful thing. Had now that season was over, right? It had moved on in. And so that had been cleared off your plate. What about the PTA? Well, I had a call and the gentleman said, the principal of the school gave me your phone number. I said, well, that, that's great. Well, Why's that? He says, well, I just moved here from um, New York, and I really want to get involved in the PTA. I said, well, what did you do in New York on the PTA? He says, I was treasurer. <laughs> Woo! No. <laughs> I tell you, I was so happy. Well, Friday night, I'm sitting there going, these fools get up and have breakfast at 7 a.m. on Saturday morning. Who in their right mind would get up and go and have a breakfast meeting 7 a.m. on a Saturday morning? And I said, you know, God, it's been a really, really wild week. I just want to thank you so much. And if you really want me to join these Gideons, then I'll wake up tomorrow morning without the alarm set. (laughs) 
<laughs> I remember saying that. I figured I had it all figured out. At 6 a.m., I woke up just as wide-eyed. I said, okay, I'll go. And I get to Mayberry's, and a bunch of old guys, I don't know, yeah, a bunch of old guys, they got down on their knees and prayed when it was time to pray. And we had one guy who had been Postmaster General Winston-Salem who had to be about 95 years old, and he was about 102 pounds wet. King Brown. King Brown went through hospice twice, and while he was on hospice, he made sure somebody came and picked him up with his oxygen to make the 7 a.m. Gideon breakfast both times. Well, I joined. Well, a couple weeks later, one of them says, you need to come with me Saturday after the meeting. I said, well, where are we going? He says, we do jail ministry. I said, why didn't you tell me that before my check cleared? See, my mother worked in the correctional system teaching, and the last place I ever wanted to be was behind six locked doors and a locked elevator in a room full of convicts. It was not what I was looking forward to. It's not what I signed up for. And I'm going just as dragging my heels as much as I can. But I got to say, after the end of the hour and 30 minutes, it was the most rewarding, exciting, enjoyable place. When you, went, you actually went, went to the in prison. the detention center. And I just absolutely love it. I do most Saturday. When I'm not here with the radio, I'm at the jail well, take us into that Saturday for, morning. For a minute. So you're in the jail. What, what happened when you got there with them? Well, uh, Dick Corn led the group and talked to them. And it's almost all, it's all centered about evangelism. It's all who hasn't accepted Christ and who will accept Christ. So it's very pointed. Now, what I did was I had a list of scripture verses that meant a great deal So his to last me. name is Corn. Dick Corn. So he said, fella. he who has ears to hear. No. He is just one of the, the strongest Christians I've ever met. Sorry, I couldn't resist. But I take this list, to this day, I take that same list of scriptures in with me, and all my lesson plans are based around that scripture. We average one person accepting Christ a Saturday. Did and, it happen that Saturday? You know, I don't. I'm not sure. I can't swear to you. I know it happened that month, but I, it took me a good year to be able to tell stories instead of just preaching a Sunday school lesson. And once I started realizing that the stories, the light bulbs would turn on, it got a whole lot more effective. So you got more traction with a story than traction. you did with teaching. And I now do the do the Sunday uh, service over at the Cherry Street. So prison. you're you're in this like. The last place on the planet you wanted to go was the correction facility. And so you're in there and you're watching. And obviously, you came there because you wanted to experience God, right? You're, the, reason, the whole reason you went to Gideon's to begin with is you'd ask God if this is what you want. You're following God. He brings you there. So while you're there, I'm taking it you sensed like, oh, man, God's doing something here. Well, all the people that I was around, you know, CBMC, the church, all the groups that I was associated with were, were strong believers that knew a substantial amount of their Bible. I was not interacting with very many people that did not know, what's this God prayer thing I keep hearing about? So to be able to be in a room of people that asked the most basic questions and had volunteered to be there put me in a totally different atmosphere from what I was used to sharing. Yeah, you've had hunger, hungry and thirsty people, right? I mean, was, essentially, they're, 
What? Pardon me? No. It was neat. It was just spectacular. It was wonderful to be able to ask questions. A lot of us are scared to go share our faith because we think we're going to be asked a question that's going to stump us. <laughs> now, I don't understand why in the world it's a bad thing to be asked a question where you've got to say, that is a wonderful question. Why don't we have breakfast next week and I'll do a little bit of studying. And if I can't find the answer, I got friends that are a lot smarter than I am. But people don't want to have those conversations because they think they're going to be asked something they don't know the answer to. So, I, I, you know, I've known you a lot of years, Bill. i got to admit, I never put it together. And I know that this jail and prison ministry has, has been near and dear to your heart for years and years. So what, you're, what I'm now coming to understand <laughs> was all these shenanigans open the door so that God would put you in a place that that really you needed those prisoners almost as bad as or probably as bad or maybe more bad than they needed you well it certainly allowed me to do with you know, with our christian businessmen's committee it was built around trying to have relationships with other people and sharing them the importance of scripture right and you know that that or was christ. part of my life christ right and this gave me an opportunity to be with a room full of people that were hungry that really wanted to know. It also gave me the opportunity to, I, I had a, went to, um, took an afternoon with a really good minister friend of mine, and he was asking me whether or not he thought God, Christ, still worked in people's lives today. I said, you better believe it. I can tell you 20 stories where I've seen God. So I got, I got to tell you, the other place I'm really encouraged, Bill, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> always scares me just a little bit when this happens. So, you know, and I wanted to mention this today to my audience anyway, or to you, all those of you listening, I appreciate you so much, is that, um, you know, we're going to Israel, uh, Dr. Carson and I, on January 15th, and the amazing, spectacular word is that Bob Young, my Christian junkyard guy, is going with me, and Jerry is likely going, but the best part of this is that I know Bill told me yesterday that he was going to pray about whether or not he was going to go to Israel. So now I got to just make sure that God, you know, just got to be, be praying with Bill that because I want him to go, but also I want you to go to Israel. That, by the way, is all at ChristianCarGuy.com. We got more, but we need your story, 866-348-7884. You're listening to The Truth Network and TruthNetwork.com. John, tell us another story. No. You keep it on the black top, thinking that's your hot stuff. Take it off in a ditch, and then you get stuck. You ain't fun no more. Yeah. You got nowhere to turn. One day you'll learn. That's what the four by four is for. That's what the four by four is for, son. That's what the four by four is what the four by four is for. Like, it's an amazing, amazing thing when you think about it. <laughs> that it's exactly for when you get stuck, but it's so much more fun, right? If, 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 you, if you begin the, the, the ride with Jesus, um, you, you learn how to use your four-wheel drive just a whole lot better. So to jump into these four rivers, which I think are really fun in Eden, if you want to have a fun prayer time, and this is, this is Robbie's idea here of having fun, is in the morning... Um, I love to spend time with God. And, and so 
lately I, I was listening to a podcast and they talk about you have a door to your heart. And, and, and have you ever asked God about that? Like, what does that look like? Because you know he stands there and knocks. And so what, what does it look like exactly? And I will not rob anybody of what their heart looks like by telling what mine does. But interestingly, there were things written on the door when I started to talk to Jesus about my heart and the door to that. But then once you go inside that door, you're going to find that like the temple is a picture of a garden, guess what? Your heart is a garden, and out of that garden is this river that flows out of Eden, which flows out in four different streams or four rivers, which begin with the, with the Pishon and then the Gihon and then the Hezekiel and then the Euphrates. And see, those line up beautifully with the four seasons, right? That spring of the idea of the Pishon, that things are going to, you know, begin to bloom and bud. And if you look at the, the Gihon River, it reminds me of the lazy river. If you've ever been on one of those lazy rivers, you just get on an inner tube and off you go. It's going to be just a beautiful ride, you know, where you're falling in love and things look amazing, okay? That's that's the Gihon River. Then the Pishon is 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 the is the excuse me. It starts out with the Pishon and then it goes to the Gishon. The Gishon is more the summer river, and and that is a little bit faster, and 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 a little more going on. You know, just like the summer would, things are beginning to grow and things are beginning to flourish. And then you get to the Hezekiel, and you'll notice that that word means rapids. <laughs> So it's an interesting thing. If, if it's the way my day goes, I often jump in, the, you know, in prayer with God. I jump into the Pishon at spring. I hope for the day. What am I, where are we going today, God? What are we going to look at? What passage? And I begin to look in, and I, I get into the Gihon River, right? I get into my Bible, and I begin to study things like the number four and see all sorts of things, okay? And to give you some other amazing things about the number four is you may know that it's very much 10 times four is 40, and it was 40, you know, days that, that certainly Jesus was in the wilderness. It was 40 years for Moses, right, the first time before he saw the burning bush. And, and then 40 more years of going through that, right? And, and so you see 40 years all over that. Then, interestingly, there's 400, right? That, that that number, there were 400 years of silence. And the Jews were in Egypt for 400 years, well, those numbers in Hebrew are also letters. And so the number four is the letter Dalit, and the number 40 is the letter Mem, which is water and also means Jesus. It is the letter that begins the name Moses. It is the letter that begins the name Messiah. It is the letter that begins the name Mary or Miriam. All right? And then, very exciting, you get to the idea of 400, right? Which is judgment, Some, it, the, the letter Tav, which has within it this whole idea of judgment, but it most more than that, it has this beautiful idea of God's stamp. And it's no accident that is the number 400, because 400 has a whole lot to do with judgment, especially when you think about the Euphrates River and what the Euphrates River is standing for, okay? Because it is the fourth river that you jump in. And as we talked about, the winter season really has to do with making things right. The ground gets cold, it kills the germs. Things are being made right for the next season. And so as we get to that Euphrates River, you're going to find that God is going to make everything right in your life. And interestingly, if we could end our days in the Euphrates, you know, it would be really, really amazing. So very fun. I have Anne back with me, Anne Alt uh, from Christian Car Guy Theater. We're going to get to her before the show's over. So Anne, you're on the Christian Car Guy Show. Good morning. 
This is going to be a miracle because I'm going to have to talk real fast. Christian told me I had four minutes. So I'm going to say this. It paid to obey God's coincidences because... Okay, in 1974, in New York City, I gave my life to the Lord because of a friend I met at an audition. I started going to his church in the the Rock Church in New York City. And in 1977, New York City, the Lord told me to go to Hollywood, California, where I went. And I went to a place which was full of holy coincidences called Hollywood Presbyterian Church. And at one time, Dale Evans, Roy Rogers had started a drama group there, but there was no longer a a theater group. So I felt the Lord told me to start a group. Twelve people the first night. Oh, (laughs) Became Actors Co-op, which is an equity waiver theater company still going strong to this day at Hollywood Presbyterian Church. So... All I have to say, love these stories with you guys, Bill, you, and it's just so fascinating and fabulous to follow God's holy coincidences. Isn't it? And, and Brian Havoc, right? He still acts in that. Um. Yes, yes. I mean, a lot. I mean, and Jesse Corti, I mean, he's still going to Hollywood Presbyterian Church with his wife. He, and he's in a lot of our. Uh, right. Christian well, Cargo if you listen to Christian Cargo Theater, Jesse Corti plays the, the part of. Of Valiant. Valiant. Right? And and interestingly, yeah. Brian Habicht is uh, Randy Radiator. Right? I know! Isn't it wonderful? And it all goes back to hear and obey. You know, God's holy coincidences. I love the show today. You guys are fabulous. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you called in. And, and I'm so grateful, really, because if anybody understands four acts, it would be you. Because Yeah. <laughs> and, and and again, you know this, in Hollywood, they pay the bad guys a lot more than they pay the good guys because yeah. they add the, the whole tension of the scene, which is what brings people deep into the story, right? Right, exactly. And it is amazing. I mean, it, it, God's ways are way beyond our ways. That's why, truly, if you feel that nudge, jump on it. You know what I mean? I mean, if you feel that God might be telling you something, pray about it. But then if it's still there, then do it. Because you just never know where it's going to lead. Right, right. That is exactly, how much fun is that? Because I know yeah. you do the same thing. That when I'm reading the Bible in the morning, that's where I get those nudges the most, right? Like, yes. what does that yeah. mean? Why? Yeah, and, exactly. And, I, and I've, done, I've learned to, oh, you know, if if you begin to question, like, do you really know what even the word no means? You know, like, like, like <laughs> I went to study that this week, you know, and I was like, what does no mean? And every definition I could find was circular. In other words, they, they said the word means no, it means none, it means nothing. I'm like, well, you just used no three different ways. What does it actually mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, fascinatingly, Hebrew helps me a lot. And in Hebrew... The word no is God spelled backwards. In other words, L, which is Aleph Lamed, is God. Well, Lamed Aleph is low, which means no. Okay? Well, think about it. Apart from me, what can you do? Yeah, exactly. No. No. (laughs) Robbie, let me me get you this straight. Right? And if you say no to God, (laughs) you will not not know what his plan is. 
You know, that's why uh, heed the nudges. Oh, it's so beautiful. Thank you, my Amen. friend. Always great to talk to you. Speaking you of Jesse, get up great. with him. we got to get this episode in. So yes, we do. coming soon. So God bless you. Well, thank you all bless so much you. for listening today. I certainly thank my friend Bill. And the journey that you've been on with years, it's, it's really cool to, to understand actually a little bit more through uh, what you shared today than I've ever understood before. And so, you know, think about your story in four acts. Pray about how, that with God and, and see how the bad guy really has played a role. In, and often I'm my own bad guy. I don't know if you've noticed that. But anyway, we're so grateful for you listening. Go to ChristianCarGuy.com. If you're thinking about going to Israel with us, please do. And remember, slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went, got it all done. This is the Truth Network.